Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Tywana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory scientist by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership coach at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Disc Certified Consultant, Send Out Cards referral partner and co-owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Radio Station. Before we bring on my special guest, I want to share a few announcements. My new bestseller, The Girlfriend Code Sorority Edition, is available for pre-sale at www.coachtwilson.com. So go ahead and head on over and get your pre-sale copy. I will autograph it and sign it and and send it to you uh, shortly. It's a collaboration of 15 unique voices, perspectives, and codes to transform the way we see ourselves, connect, support, and uplift our girlfriends. And you don't have to be in a sorority to get it. It's all about relationships with with our sister friends, our girlfriends. Also, please subscribe to this podcast. You can not only listen to it live, you can also catch us on YouTube as well as subscribe on Podbean and Stitcher to catch all of the latest episodes. The wait list is open for the Trendy Elite Empowerment Tribe, so go to www.trendyelitellc.com to get on the wait list. Also, thank you to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Luttle and Ms. Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio and TV Network, LLP. Today's special guest, Ms. Ashley Young. Ashley is committed to serving the community and lives by the words of Marion Wright Edelman, service is the rent we pay for living. It is the very purpose of life and not something you do in your spare time. Ashley is able to live by those words in her professional and personal life. Ashley has been working in the public health field for many years now and enjoys knowing she is helping to create healthier environments for communities to thrive. She received her master's in public health with a concentration in health promotion and education from Wright State University and her Bachelor of Science in Human Nutrition from the Ohio State University. Her commitment to service and passion for people can be seen in her professional career where she remains committed to using her skills to serve the community. Ashley currently works at Strive Partnership as Manager of Community Strategies. In this role, she is responsible for designing and implementing efforts that mobilize and magnify community-based assets expertise, and authority, with the goal institutionalizing these practices to advance racial equity and social justice. Prior to joining Strive Partnership, she worked at the Child Poverty Collaborative as a program director and as an evaluation officer at Interact for Health. 
Ashley is able to serve her community through various leadership roles. She currently serves as Programs Chair of National Urban League Young Professionals and former President and Founder of the Local Urban League Young Professionals. She is a former board member of the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio and Children's Hunger Alliance and currently serves on the board at Design Impact and Mortar. In 2017, she was appointed to the Hamilton County Mental Health and Recovery Services Board, where she serves on the Finance Committee. Ashley was recently honored by the Urban League Young Professionals of Greater Southwestern Ohio with an award named after her, Ashley Young Pillar of Community Award. Each year, a young professional from the region will receive this award in honor of Ashley's dedication and commitment to serving her community. She was recognized in 2015 by the National Society for Public Health Educators as a 30 under 30 honoree. And in 2016, was the recipient of the Journey Award from the Urban League and the Bright Award from the Cincinnati Herald. Ashley is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and the Queen City, Ohio chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. She enjoys volunteering with these and other organizations in her community, but her favorite thing to do is spend time with her daughter, Nyla. So hello, hello, Miss Ashley. Hello, hello. How thank are you? you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here, so thank you so much for the opportunity. I am so excited for you to be on the show and share with our listening audience. You are definitely a young professional on the rise in our community, creating your seat at the table. So I'm excited to talk with you this evening. Yes, I am too. So please tell the listeners about your leadership journey and how did you get to where you are today? Wow. So I think that's an excellent question. So when I, re- when I think about and reflect on my leadership journey, I would say that it really started in high school. Um, so in high school, I was very active and involved on – I ran track, I did cross country and held leadership roles on those teams, involved in student council, key club, and things like that. And I would say that um, after high school – I went on to Ohio State, and my leadership and service continued. Um, Really, this whole notion of service and leadership really was instilled in me from my mom. Um, So she was very much so active in the community and really serving as a leader. Um, And so for me, um, my leadership really took hold in college. Um, So I was part of our African American Heritage Festival and I held different chair positions there. Uh, one of the things that made me unique is because I had a daughter. Um, I had my daughter when I was 17 and so in high school, and so she pretty much grew up with me in college. And so while I've always been a leader, I really found myself stepping up to leadership positions in college um, kind of out of a necessity. So having a child still wanting to be involved, everyone is not always – um, flexible with the hours. And so I found myself taking on leadership roles because I could then say, like, hey, we can't meet at this time. I have to pick up Nyla or meet in flexible locations. So I would say I've always 
been a leader, but it really started to shape and take hold um, partially out of some necessity, but also just because of who I am um, in college. That's awesome. That's awesome. They, uh, if you look at a lot of successful people and a lot of uh, millionaires, millionaires and billionaires, uh, they say if you grow up giving and serving, you never forget it. So there was an article yes. going around about uh, Bill Gates, and that was one of the things that he said made him who he was because his parents instilled in him so early the the value of giving back. Right. Mhm. I, I totally agree. And that's what it seems like your mom instilled in you. I know that had to be difficult uh, raising a daughter where you were learning and figuring it out, but you were still leading and, you know, yeah. and trying to balance. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, sometimes people struggle with balancing, you know, just life. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, it's, yeah, you know, and it's definitely um, it's definitely been a journey, and it's kind of like us growing up together. But one of the amazing things um, that I reflect on now and seeing Nyla, um, so she is, she'll be 16 in July, is that she's kind of grown up in service and grown up like seeing me be a leader, and I can really see how that shaped her. And so while sometimes I think that people are hesitant to bring their kids to meetings, bring the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes people don't mind, but people are just afraid to ask and just think that kids are automatically not able to come. Um, but the thing is, once you, if you allow and expose your kids to those environments early on, to your point that you made earlier, like service just becomes a part of them. And so for me, you know, just reflecting back and seeing Nyla and how she's been able to pick up has been amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then also I think that it has – one of the things, too, is that, like, I have a village of people, too. So I'm not, I'm not able to completely balance everything by myself. And so as I've grown and stuff, it's also been really important for me to lean on my village more and more because I definitely can't handle it all by myself. Mm-hmm. I would be a crazy person if I – sat here and <laughs> said that I do it all by myself. I have a village of people that support me, support Nyla, um, and support me being a leader. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, it, it takes a village and all things, so that is a great point. Uh, I don't know that anybody ever does it alone. alone. A lot of people may say I'm self-made and I did this. No, you had right. somebody helping you along the way. We, we all do right. at some point. Right. Ash, Ashley, what strengths and experiences do you feel are important for you to thrive and, and make your mark as a young professional leader in both the community and uh, as well as your career? Because you've done a, an excellent job of doing that, especially uh, in a city that's a little bit more conservative. So how mm-hmm. have you been able to, to do that and, you know, been a, a younger leader and people take you seriously? Like, yeah, she belongs here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's an excellent question, too, because I think um, Cincinnati is, is unique, um, and I think that our dynamics are definitely interesting and make navigating the space, especially being a younger person, um, sometimes difficult. 
Um, for me, at the end of the day, um, I just really want our community to be better, um, specifically the black community. Um, when our community is well and thriving, we're all doing well and thriving as a whole community. And so for me, it's showing up into spaces, being my authentic self. Um, I tell people all the time, like, whether I'm in the boardroom or in the community, this is the Ashley that you get. Um, and I think being authentic and also not afraid to speak up is what helped shape my, shape my service um, in the workplace and in the community. Because um, oftentimes I think that people are just happy to be at the table, that they mm -hmm. lose sight that you're at the table for a reason. And if you're not speaking out, then you're not serving your purpose. And so I make it a point that on the boards that I serve on or the committees that I serve on, that I am a representation of the community. I'm carrying the issues that they care about, that we care about, into those spaces where their voices might not be present. Um, mm -hmm. And so for me, it is my duty to really speak up. And so I think being bold, speaking truth to power, and being my authentic self is really what has helped. Um, me to excel professionally um, and personally. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was a great point of uh, very wise. Don't lose sight of why you are at the table because sometimes we get happy uh, and get right. comfortable to be at the table and then just sit down at the table <laughs> and right. forget right. Uh, of right. why we're there in the first place. Well, and I think the other thing is, too, is that, like, oftentimes, like, you are there to speak up. Mm -hmm. Like, people want you to speak up. And no matter how, uncomfor com how uncomfortable it feels, like, you have that responsibility to speak up. And so I think that we have to, to lean into that more and trusting and owning our voice. I know a lot of times those spaces can feel intimidating. Um mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm sure we're all in those spaces for a reason, and we carry an expertise that might be different than somebody else. And so not trying to, trying to um, balance that imposter syndrome that we sometimes feel, like you're not good enough and why am I here? But we have to, like, step into our truth and our excellence knowing that we're there for a reason and our voices should be heard. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Our voices should be heard. We are there for a reason, so speak up. Speak up, listener audience, if you are at the table. It's very important, Ashley, for our next generation of leaders to not only hear about your successes and your accomplishments, but also about your growing pains that you had along the way. Can you share with the listeners a few of the leadership growth opportunities and the learning lessons that you gained from those? Oh, yes, growth opportunities. <laughs> um, so I, I remember uh, when I was um, president of the Urban League Young Professionals um, here locally in Cincinnati, um, being president and kind of managing a team of people, um, I think one of the things that I realized and I learned and was a growth, growth opportunity for me is just leadership style. Um, and so I think sometimes personally, like, I can be a perfectionist and want everything to be perfect. Um, and I think that I kind of took that approach in my leadership style, which can come off as micromanaging. And mm -hmm. that didn't work out well. Um, people didn't feel, feel like they owned the work. Um, mm -hmm. And they also felt like they couldn't be creative. 
Um, so in that moment, and that was really kind of like around my, my first term, and so like my second year, I really like I learned from that experience that I need to set clear expectations and parameters but allow people to create. And so one of the things of like why the micromanaging and things like that is like I wasn't setting clear expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a leader, you know, part of that role is, is setting the vision so that people can see themselves in it. Um, and so for me is really kind of taking a step back um, and allowing my team to, to thrive in an environment that was going to be healthy um, for them. Um, I would say the other thing for me, like a growing pain or something that I've learned from, is really the importance of listening. Um, and so I tend to get very excited and want to add my two cents every second, uh, which is good because, like I said, you have to speak up. But what I've been working on lately is really just trying to stay, take a step back and truly listen. It's one thing to to listen and truly to seek to listen to seek understanding. It's another mm-hmm. thing to listen to try to rebuttal. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's really kind of sitting in, listening, trying to seek understanding. That's that's good. That is great information because you're right. It, it's easy to want to listen to respond. <laughs> you know, right, or, right. You're just ready. You are, you're like ready. You got your response ready as you're talking. You've mapped out everything that you're about to say. it's funny that you say that uh my guest that was on last week dr aja nichols that's one of the things that that exactly what she said she was like you know i'm i'm listening to solve i'm listening to solve Mm -hmm. i'd have mapped out a whole solution right uh, for them that they didn't even ask for (laughs) Mm -hmm. creating unnecessary stress and right. tension for something that all they wanted me to do was just sit here and listen. Right. So that that is that is excellent uh, information that you've shared and and learned early in your in your career. Uh, some people don't learn it early. Some people don't no. learn it at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't. It's like just listen. Like listen. Right. Right. I trust not respond. Miss mm-hmm. Ashley, what role has mentors and advocates played on the progression of your career, if any? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I think we kind of talked about this slightly when I mentioned like my village. And so for me, um, what I have just as I serve on various boards, I have my own personal board of directors. And so mm-hmm. on this personal board of directors, I go to them for everything and anything, um, whether it's uh, relationships, career, changing careers, or different things like that. I go to them to, to seek out advice. And so for me, that's been a great space for me to be vulnerable Um, And so I think that everyone needs their own personal board of directors. And on that board of directors, like, you know, you have to have a balance of people. And so I think about my friends that sit on there. I have the people that affirm me 
Um, mm-hmm. I have the people that be like, Ashley, you're crazy. I don't know what you're thinking about. Um, and I have people that really try to level set. And so having a balance of people I think is important and also people from different age ranges too. Um, I think it's very important that we, we tap into cross-generational, um, mm-hmm. so whether that's younger and older. I think we all have an opportunity for, to learn from each other. And so for me it's like my personal board of directors um, and then also it's very um, important to have, like, a sponsor. And so what a sponsor is, you know, is someone that can advocate for you. So you, may, you might not have formally asked them to advocate for you, but because you show up and you mm-hmm. do work, people are able to advocate for you in different spaces. And so I have had amazing sponsors that have advocated for me in various various places, um, in work and in community. And that's really, truly, truly benefited. Um, and then also just thinking about mentors, too. And so I definitely seek out um, mentors, formal and informal, um, to mm-hmm. build those relationships because I think especially, like, navigating Cincinnati, navigating any city or any spaces or any company, like, you need people that have, been down those paths for people to help guide you um, to share the knowledge that they've learned across the way. And so for me, it's really just this personal board of directors that I can call on whenever I need anything. Having a mm-hmm. sponsor that can advocate for me when I'm not in those spaces and really having a, a, a mentor that can help me um, in, the, in the formal or informal setting as far as, like, growing from a career perspective. That's good. That's good. So have you taken any risks or bold moves uh, with your career or in the community based off some of the expertise you might have received from your board of directors? Yes, I have. And I tell people to take risks all the time. Um, If you are comfortable, then you're not doing something right. And so Mm -hmm. for me, like a a pivotal moment of, of taking a risk that, um, I really learned from, and part of the reason why I continue to take risks um, was so back in probably like this was 2011 or so, I was transitioning and moving back home to Cincinnati from Columbus. Um, so I was working in Columbus at a job. I really wasn't progressing the way that I wanted to progress, and there was no opportunity to continue to grow. Um, and so I took a risk. Um, I left my job there and took a six-month contract position here back home in Cincinnati. Um, And my mom, she ended up passing away, and so I ended up staying. My goal was just to come here, stay for a little bit, and where everybody want to go, to Atlanta. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was on my way (laughs) down to Atlanta. Um, But like I said, she passed away, and my brother, he was still in high school, so I ended up staying. And so for me, like, that risk – had such a had such a reward. So one of the things that allowed me to spend more time with my brother because we're mm-hmm. we're like ten years apart, um, and so we're like two only kids. And so for me to go from like a sister into a guardian, if I hadn't mm-hmm. been back home and really our relationship growing closer, just as we're young adults and, and younger teenagers. Um, I don't know what that would have been like. And so for me taking – and then also being able to be here for my mom. So that, mm-hmm. that risk um, is what, what really kind of made me the person I am today. And so for me, even from a career perspective too, I've taken plenty of risk of, you know, not staying at a job for 10 years. 
I haven't been at a job for 10 years, and I think that some people, um, you know, I had a lady say, I'm like, you're never going to get a clock. I'm like, well, I could buy a clock if I wanted a clock, you know, kind of <laughs> referencing, you know, you won't be at a job 20 years or what have you. And I think, you know, we, we have to think about the workplace is a very different environment these days. And so you have a lot of places that are just not structured and equipped to keep people 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, I find myself taking risks, and at the end of those risks, it's always been a reward, um, whether it's a personal reward or even a professional reward. And so in taking risks, I've also been able to learn and grow as well. And so I always just challenge myself to not, to not get comfortable because mm-hmm. once you get comfortable, you're not in a space of, like, learning and growing anymore. Um, you're just kind of just going, just, just kind of riding steady. And so for me, taking risks have, have always panned out well. Um, it definitely mm-hmm. is a challenge, but that's where I kind of tapped into my, board, my personal board of directors and kind mm-hmm. of talked through these risks. But I think that you, in order to grow, in order to be an effective leader, you have to be able to take risks because that's where you learn and grow and innovation comes from risk-taking. That is true. That is true. And if we're not learning, we're not growing and you're right, no. the workforce, it, it's changed. It's, you know, it, you're lucky if you're somewhere for 20 years to get a clock, uh, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, times are a, a lot different. I actually grew up in, in Dayton, Ohio, and in my lifetime, I've seen two major hospitals close as well as a major uh, car manufacturing facility. Yeah. So between all of those three, that was a lot of jobs. Uh, and, you know, growing up, I never thought that they would close, you know, a hospital, much longer two hospitals. So, mm-hmm. you know, at times are just not what they used to be. And, and you're right, you can't be afraid to, to take those risks. Yeah. So it, it it keeps you, you know, when you're uncomfortable, it keeps you motivated. It keeps you learning. It, it keeps you doing those things. So, yeah, I would definitely say you did, you know, that, that one risk of, of moving, uh, mm-hmm. you know, taking a contract position was really life-changing. Right. <laughs> it was. It, and with a child, and, you know, and just not, and just not you know, um, just not knowing. And so for me, like, I'm a very spiritual person, so I definitely believe that um, it's in God's hands. And so for mm-hmm. me, every risk is always worked out. So I'm like, even though in that moment it might not seem like it's working out, when I just reflect back on my life and how all the pieces have been put together, I'm like, I couldn't have made this up myself. And so mm-hmm. I continue to take risks because it works, it works out. Mhm. That's what you truly call uh, walking on faith. You know, it's easy yes. to be faithful yes. uh, when yes. everything is going well. <laughs> yes. You know, but but <laughs> when it's not quite clear, that's when you you really find out uh, how faithful uh, that you are. Like I said, you since I've known you, you've been very uh, determined and hardworking mm-hmm. and. And I did not know uh, your full story and, and knew that you took that risk. One thing you didn't say is that mm-hmm. as you came home and, you know, and were closer to your brother, my brother and I are 10 years apart, that you saw mm-hmm. your brother through college and graduate. Yeah. 
So, you yeah. know, that's big stuff. That is that is awesome. So not only, Thank you know, you. after yeah. your mom passed, you you got your brother to with your village. You got your brother to, yes. to school. He graduated. You were still raising yeah. your daughter. So kudos to you, young lady. You just out Thank here you. doing it. That That's awesome. Trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. That yeah. is awesome. Because people say all the time, well, I can't do this because of my situation or I can't do that. Uh, but, I mean, you have really proved where there's a will, there's a way. There is. There really so, is. So that is that is excellent. Ashley, you've done a great job of creating your own seat at the table and building your leadership toolbox inside and outside of the workplace. What advice would you give to an emerging leader looking for ways to build their leadership portfolio? Because a lot of times people think they have to build their, their leadership skills in the workplace only. Like I have to be a manager. I have to be a supervisor. Uh, talk a little bit about how you use the, your community endeavors to really provide you with just as much or if not more leadership skills than your actual uh, jobs in the workplace? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's a that's an excellent question, too. And so for me, I think definitely, like, my, my service and work in the community has helped me professionally, and it's also been a ground for me to really, like, sharpen um, certain skills and, and leadership just in general. But one of the things, like, I want to, to, to caution people is that, you know, Oftentimes I find people um, trying to only serve so that they can progress. Mm-hmm. And so I think that and, and you, you want to do things genuinely and from a, um, a place of, of, of true, like, true wanting to, to serve. And so I think that it's, it's really important for people to just be, to be intentional with what you're doing and not just trying to seek out certain volunteer roles so that you can to build your resume because I think that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that there is an opportunity to be strategic. And so for one of the, one of the things for me is that, you know, everything that I'm involved in, I'm passionate about and mm-hmm. I care deeply about. And so one is just figuring out what is your passion. And once you identify your passion, identify what are those organizations in which um, operate within your passion space and seeing what kind of volunteer opportunities exist. And so I think that leading with passion and not just trying to lead for the sake of trying to build a resume is more mm-hmm. authentic and people can see the, the inauthenticity in, in, in of people when they're just seeking out titles and stuff. So I would say really getting involved for, for the right reasons and then once you found those passion spaces, identifying skill sets in which you want to, to sharpen. And so um, for me, when I was leading a team of young professionals here in Cincinnati, I didn't necessarily manage a team in my workplace. But now that's a transferable skill that I'm able to talk about in an interview is me managing a team of 10 to 15 young professionals. I'm building strategic plans. I'm doing professional development with them. And so I think once, you, once you're in it for 
the right reasons and you're able to identify if there's a certain skill set that you want to sharpen in on and if those those two align, that you have a unique opportunity. And like I mentioned before, I think I've really been able to kind of sharpen my skills really through my service. And even when I think about my work from a job perspective, it all really kind of interconnects. Um, but a lot of the connections that I've made in the workplace have been through my service. Awesome. That That's good. That's good. That's good information. Figure out your passion. You, I mean, there's a lot of awesome causes out here, a lot of great right. things you can get involved with, but you're right. If you are not passionate about it, it will show in your work. Right. So make sure you find mm-hmm. something uh, that you are, are passionate about uh, and begin to do work uh, in those organizations. I always tell young leaders that I talk to, my first documented leadership roles was volunteering, you know, mm-hmm. and volunteering with the league before I ever got a supervisory role. I'm like, you know, I served as the president of the Urban League Guild, uh, which was a fundraising arm, typically with uh, retired women, uh, and, mm-hmm. and they taught me a lot about patience. They taught me a lot yeah. about running meetings. <laughs> taught me a lot about being on time and staying on time. So by the time I got into the workplace and had a staff, I'm like, well, this is nothing compared to the the, the ladies that I was leading. They was a lot more critical than everybody is. Yes, yes. I was just talking with somebody about that. Like once you have had these experiences, the stuff in the workplace seems like cake because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you built that muscle through your right. community work. So. <laughs> right, which is another reason of why you need to be passionate uh, right. yes. about what you're doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> when you look back over your, over your journey and over your life thus far, what has success taught you? What a success. Oh, my gosh. I guess I've been successful. Um, I think success has taught me to remain humble and to not settle. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's easy, especially, you know, when I think about just us as a black community, I think it's easy for us to individually rise to these certain levels of success and forget about the rest of the people in the community. And so for me, regardless of how successful I am, um, it's still like we're all not successful. Mm -hmm. So until we're all successful, like I'm really not successful because my job is not complete. And so for me it's just understanding that success, like it's, you know, it's it's this journey, it's a building block. um, And, you know, the whole, what's it say, like, reach reach as you climb, and so bringing people along. And so mm-hmm. for me on this journey is just trying to, trying to remain humble and not, um, as I reach maybe a, a personal success, realizing that there's still community success and what does that look like and how am I striving towards that. So I would mm-hmm. just say remaining humble and committed to the, the bigger picture of the collective community thriving and doing well. That's good. That's good. And what about, you know, on the opposite of that coin is failure. Mm-hmm. 
what has, as you went through life and experienced ups and downs like we all do, especially uh, when you take risks and try new things, something is, is bound to fail at some point, uh, what, has, what has those experiences taught you? Ooh, failure, yeah. So for me, like, I try to approach, like, just failure as lessons. I'm like, what can I learn out of this situation? Um, mm-hmm. It's taught me to not be so critical of myself. Um, I think, like, sometimes me, I think even as black women, we're, we wear many different hats, and when we drop something or feel like we failed at something, we dismiss everything that we've achieved. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just like looking at failure as a learning opportunity and mm-hmm. also not being so critical of myself for for the many learning opportunities that I've had. <laughs> right. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. I totally yeah. understand uh Totally understand both perspectives. Uh, you know, those those questions are, are tough. Uh, I've gotten those questions before, so I like to sneak those in on my guests as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know about uh, you know being successful, and and I would say the same thing as as remaining humble. Being being successful is nice in that. I've achieved this goal, whether it was a personal goal or, you know, I stood steadfast to to uh, reach my dream or shoot for my dream. But I agree it's always important to remain humble and committed to the larger cause of lifting mm-hmm. as we climb. The reality is, you know, as you are successful, you are able to pull more people up with you to the table. So. Right. You know, but failure, on the other hand, is tough. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. tough when you are critical of yourself, but it's important for us as leaders to talk about failure because working with our young people, they are so afraid of failure. Yeah. So afraid to take risks, and and for some reason they don't think that we have experienced any failure. Probably because we yeah. don't talk about it. We don't it talk about much. it. Yeah, <laughs> like, we don't we don't talk about the failures. Like when you look, and then I think also just living in a day and age of social media, where mm-hmm. everything looks perfect, and so right. we live in this. Um, it's, it's not a reality. Um, and so when you do fail, you don't see enough people failing and talking about it that you, you take it very personal. Mm-hmm. And I think also, too, like just even thinking about it from a, from a parenting perspective as, as well is that a lot of times we try to um, make sure that our kids don't fail. But there's so many lessons, like we just talked about, in failure that if we allow them you have those learning moments, it builds character. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that's another side of, you know, allowing people to experience those failures so that they can learn from them and using them as teachable moments. Right. And being vulnerable to have those conversations. Right. And that's the important, that's really the important part of failure. So this didn't, this didn't work out route A. You know, what did you learn right. from it so that you don't repeat that in the future? 
know, right. so you have to learn, you know, there should be some kind of learning lesson uh, around it all. Uh, but, yes, I, I think we should get more comfortable talking about it because you're right, as our kids see, you know, different things on social media, everything just looks perfect. And as we all know, there's no perfect picture. Right. Ashley, you're very active in the community, as we talked about, with your various board commitments, with Design Impact and Mortar and Hamilton County Mental Health and Recovery Services, being a program chair of the National Urban League Young Professionals, and probably more stuff than I could even name. But (laughs) (laughs) can you elaborate on some of your community endeavors and why the organizations you're involved with are so essential and necessary in the lives of the people that they serve. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a, another excellent, excellent question. And so I'll kind of start with just the Urban League. Um, and so I've been involved with the Urban League um, since around 2013. Um, actually, you and I were at one of my first meetings together um, when I thought I was going to a meeting just to meet with some other young folks and people like, what positions, what do you want to do? And in true Urban League fashion, I come in just wanting to learn, and I leave a secretary treasurer. Um, and so when I think about um, just the important work, you know, first and foremost, just thinking about the National Urban League and its mission of really enabling African Americans and other underserved residents to secure economic self-reliance, parity, power, and civil rights. And so when we think just historically about the importance of the National Urban League um, still to this day, because we still are struggling with those basic things in which you know, it was created to help, you know, black people as they moved to the north because they got to the north and realized that there were still many issues uh, facing northern black people like they were in the south. And so really helping them find jobs, housing, and things like that. And so when I think about just my community and the black community, still today there is a need for um, this renaissance of uh, of the black community in a sense of economic empowerment. Um, and so when I think about the important role of the Urban League nationally and locally, um, that's something that really resonates with me. Um, and when I think about our communities being better, until we are financially better, um, we're still going to continue to face these barriers. And so being able to understand the historical context in which our communities live in and being able to use that to help shape our future is what um, why the Urban League is so important to me personally, but then also when we think about it from the community perspective. And so for me, like, everything ties back to the community. And so the Urban League being a pillar and really providing those direct services to our community is one of the reasons why I'm involved. Um, And then I think about, you know, my involvement with Mortar. And so Mortar um, is an organization um, that was founded to help entrepreneurs. And so, again, for me, thinking about our community being better, and entrepreneurship is is a route to wealth building. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, Urban League, Mortar, kind of building those foundations for Um, building black wealth is something that's really, really important for me. Um, And then when I think about the Mental Health and Service Recovery Board, mental health is huge. 
Um, mm-hmm. Mental health is not something that we talk about, especially within the black community. Um, our, our kids are experiencing trauma every day. Us as black people, because of racism, are experiencing trauma every day. And so my involvement there is to just better understand and make sure that a voice is in the room as we're making decisions as it relates to the mental health of our community, um, and even addictions as well, so mental health and addiction. Um, and then I think about Design Impact. So Design Impact is, is a design firm um, that really is it's human-centered design. So a lot of times when we try to think of, like, solutions to stuff, the end user in the community is not part of that process. And so with mm-hmm. human-centered design, it's really that inclusive process of how do we design and create more equitable environment so that everybody can thrive. And so just listing those organizations is very connected to me and making sure that the black community is better and that our community can thrive so that us as a whole region in the community can do better. Um, and so for those reasons, it's very important to me and then also the larger community. And so for me, it goes back to, again, like these are organizations that their mission um, is part of my personal and life's work. That's awesome. That is very awesome. <clears throat> and thank you for enlightening uh, me on some of the things that uh, these different organizations uh, do. I was familiar with most of them, but it's always mm-hmm. good to, to learn and understand uh, about what other organizations are doing. So thank you uh, for that. Definitely makes sense uh, mm-hmm. with the work that they are doing in the community Ashley, what if you could give one tidbit of wisdom to our listening audience that they could use in their personal and professional life, what would you say? One tidbit? All right. So every year I have a scripture for my life of what I want to kind of reflect on for the year. Um, And so my scripture this year is Psalms 23.1, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. And so to me this scripture is very important when we think about I lack nothing, oftentimes we approach our life from a deficit point of view. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the job. I don't have the car. I don't have the money. I don't have the education. But what does it look like to approach life that I have everything that I need? I might just need to rearrange some things. And so for me, the advice that I give for people is just really approaching life from an asset-based view that you have everything that you need, how you utilize your village, the resources that you do have in order to support what you're trying to do. And so really changing your perspective and outlook to become from an asset point of view and not a deficit is what I would like to leave with the viewers today. That's great information. That is, that is actually, that's great. Psalms 23.1. And approaching yeah. life from an asset view, you're right. <laughs> you know, sometimes we uh, approach it from a deficit uh, point of view mm-hmm. of or what we don't have. Uh, and so I love that. Definitely should yeah. approach life from an abundance mindset. Mindset well, but, yeah. is critical. <laughs> right, right. What, it, it, what it, you really, think. it really is. What you it's thought become matters. your actions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, it it is. That's absolutely true. What you think 
is what you achieve. That's a fact. If you don't believe uh, that you can have wealth or if you don't think you can achieve this, if you don't see it for yourself, you won't you won't be able to, to get it. So I like that. Right. Right, right. And I think also like we you know, we we don't you know, and they talk about too like a villages used to raise people. It wasn't just mm-hmm. the the one family that was doing it. It was a collective community. And so that's the thing that I think about too is just like how do we utilize our community? So many of mm-hmm. us are afraid to ask for help for various things and Again, that's from a deficit point of view because you have help. You have all the right people that you need in your life. We just don't happen to them enough. Right. That is absolutely true. And we all know that a closed mouth does not get fed. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Ashley, what's next? What's next for you? Um, just continue to work, do do work to make my community better. Um, so I am, uh, so I'm, as mentioned before, I am program chair for National Urban League Young Professionals, um, and I'm seeking out a new position with National Urban League Young Professionals, um, becoming executive vice president. Um, and so I'm really excited about that opportunity. Um, so we'll have elections here um, in July in Indianapolis, and so say prayers, um, that everything works out. And so that's that's one aspect. And so that will take up a decent amount of my time. And so the other thing is, too, just continuing to, um, within my uh, professional space, continue to learn and grow. Um, I think for me it's trying to sharpen um, skill sets so that my toolbox can be have amazing tools that I need to pull out at any moment. Um, and also just trying to look for opportunities where, um, I can really plug other people into those opportunities and also just making sure that um, my community is better at the end of the day. Awesome, awesome. How can our listeners stay connected with you and continue to follow you on your leadership journey and support you in, in the things that you're doing? Yes. Um, so on Facebook, you can follow me at Ashley Young. So it's A-S-H-L-E-E. Um, on Instagram, I am M-S-A-R-Y-10, and on Twitter, I'm the same thing. I don't use Twitter as much. Really, Facebook and, and Instagram are the places. Awesome. So you all got uh, Miss Ashley's social media handle. She's on Facebook. She's on uh, Instagram. Uh, you may find her on Twitter every now and again, but definitely yes. uh, Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Well, Miss Ashley, I definitely could keep talking to you. Uh, you continue to inspire. You inspire me, and I'm excited about all of the things that you are doing. But unfortunately, our time tonight is coming to a close. All right. So, Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. So I definitely wanted to thank you for coming on tonight, taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to give me the opportunity to interview you. So you're thanking me. I'm thanking you uh, (laughs) for for your expertise that you shared with my listener audience. It was definitely an honor and a pleasure to have you on as a guest. So continued success, my sister. Continue to rise. Many blessings to you and your family uh, 
and much success on your journey. Thank you so much. So thank you, listener audience, for tuning in to tonight's show with my special guest, Ms. Ashley Young, where she shared with us a ton of tidbits. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. As you achieve success, remember to remain humble and committed to the larger cause. Don't be so critical of yourself. Be intentional yet strategic. Uh, and, and figure out what your passion is as you're working in the community. Uh, formal and informal mentors and sponsors are important. Uh, have your own personal board of directors in your life, people who will affirm you but tell you the truth, people who will help you navigate your career, uh, but also be there for you to be champions for you are very important. It's important to lean on your village. Don't lose sight of why you are at the table. So it's not enough to get to the table, but you definitely have to be a voice for the people that you're representing. When our community is well and thriving, we are all well and thriving, so keep that in mind. Figure out your leadership style and make sure you set clear expectations while you're leading. You have to speak up, but you also need to listen as well. And so those were the tidbits that Ms. Ashley shared with us this evening. So if you're interested in being a guest on this show or starting your own radio show or low-cost advertising, highlighting your business or events, please send me an email. I'm always looking for guests. I am uh, looking for guests for this. Now we're into the fall. Uh, but send me an email at dibroadcasting at trendyelitellc.com. That's D-I-B-R-O-A-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at trendyelitellc.com. And please tune in next week to hear from another amazing leader. Until then, my friends, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.